Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. Welcome back. Another week, another episode of an Immigrant's Life. Before we continue, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for all the support from liking, sharing. Uh, I especially love it when you guys reach out. I really do appreciate that. Speaking of reaching out, like I always say, if you or someone you know would want to come on the podcast, please do not hesitate to hit us up. You can contact us on Instagram and Facebook at An Immigrant's Life or through email at animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. And to quote our former guest, Emily Francis, your story matters. So please don't hesitate to drop a line. Let's talk. Let's communicate. All right, cool. Anywho, let's talk about the episode. For this week's episode, I had a conversation with a son of a Greek immigrant. We talk about growing up Greek and why he thinks faith is so important for a family to have. It's an interesting conversation and I really enjoyed this conversation because I did it with a really good friend and I hope you like it. Enough said. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today, we have a very special guest. He's a businessman, a dog lover, and a self-proclaimed outdoorsman. His body is no Adonis, and he's not as smart as Athena, but I still love him anyway. Everyone, please welcome my brother, Tom Katsabanis. Oh, thank you so much. What a great... What a great honor it is to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing introduction. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for doing the podcast. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Tom Katsabanis. I live in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, I own a restaurant. I've uh, been an uh, owner for the last 20 odd years on and off. Uh, and of course, uh, my parents were immigrants. They came here from Greece back in the 1960s, and I uh, have been very much influenced by by them. And uh, I'm here to tell a story. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yes. All right. The first question I'd like to know is, what's your Greek name? What's my my, my real my real name? Yeah. Right, because. Uh, because it's so hard to uh, pronounce. A lot of Greeks, they kind of like <laughs> choose arbitrary names and like <laughs> just call me this name. So my real name is Athanasios. Mm. So that's my real name. So Athanasios, yeah, from that I get Tom. You, you derive Tom from that. So but when you're growing up, were you, did you introduce yourself as Athanasios or just Anthony? Uh, no, mostly uh, Tom or Anthony. Uh, depending, uh, I was sort of like against Athanasios, uh, very young. I was, I didn't, I didn't like the name, but, mm. uh, my dad insisted. Now, of course, a lot of people may or may not know this, but Greeks, we have a tradition where we name our children after our, our parents. So if you were to have, let's say a son, you would name it after your dad. Or if you had a, a, a daughter, you would name it after your mom. Mm. So that is a tradition. That's a very, uh, it's a very important tradition in Greece. And uh, that continues to this day. So I was named after my grandfather. And that was that. There was no, uh, 
there was no uh, no option. So <laughs> that was my name. <laughs> that was my name. My name was Athanasius. Now, there was a time where uh, I remember my dad had to um, register me, like in school. Mm. And I remember I was like, I was young, of course, I was very young, but I, I, you know, I knew enough to say, well, you know, I don't want to be known as Athanasius, <laughs> but, my dad, <laughs> but my dad insisted. He was like, no, no, that's your name. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, that's your name. So yeah, that is my name. But I mean, of course, to my friends, I mean, they all know me as Tom or, or Anthony. Yeah. I know Anthony. Well, I know Tom as Anthony. <laughs> yeah. So even he says it that I'm probably the only person that calls him Anthony and everybody calls him Tom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I guess that was a phase. That was my, my Anthony phase back then when we first met, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, but it's Tom for most people. Mm, okay. So speaking about Greeks tradition, what's up with Greeks celebrating name day over their birthdays? Can you explain that? Uh, yes, of course. Well, I mean, uh, Greece, uh, in the past, maybe a little less so now, uh, has always been a very religious society. They, uh, religion has played a very important role in their lives. It continues to this day, but to a, le a lesser extent. But uh, most Greeks do consider themselves to be very, very religious. Uh, now, you go back hundreds of years ago, even thousands of year years ago, it was very much so. I mean, that was the most important aspect of their lives was their religion. And what was the most important thing to them was, of course, their saint. So you were named after a saint. So you took a Christian name. So your name was basically named after a saint. You couldn't just be any name, right? I mean, you couldn't just name somebody, whatever. Mm. It had to be a Christian name. And you celebrated that saint. That saint's death day? Uh, yes, that's uh, the, the, the death mm. day. Yes, absolutely. And that was the most important thing. Your birthday was not... was was really inconsequential. I mean, nobody really cared about your birthday. You know, it's like, who cares, you know? I mean, what's important is your name day. So, because it was linked to your to the religious, to the religious aspect, whereas your, your birthday was just the day you were born. I mean, oh, okay. that wasn't important at all, you know? Of course, that's changed. That's really changed now. And now what you find with the younger generation is that they do celebrate their birthdays now. Uh, like from me going to Greece, I mean, my niece, my nephews, I see that they, they do celebrate birthdays. That's... That's very important, but name days are still more important. Mm, okay. So it's based on religion. And are you Catholic? No, no, we're not Catholic. We're, uh, we're Orthodox, actually. Uh, so we are Greek Orthodox. Now, the reason why it is Orthodox is because this is where our, the, like, the, the, the Christian religion, this is where it originated from. That's why it's called Orthodox, because it's the, the original religion, Christianity, the mm. way it was conceived at that time. Now, what happened is at some point, I think uh, was, I don't remember exa the exact date, there was a schism in the, mm -hmm. in the Christian religion where they kind of split because they weren't uh, agreeing on certain aspects of the religion. So that's when Catholicism came in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they changed things around a little bit. They did their own thing, sort of. But the Greeks, they, they kept it to the original which is why it's called Orthodox. So we're kind of like the originalists, sort of say. Never change. No, we didn't change. We, we sort of like uh, still adhere to the original, the way it was first sort of like brought up. That's the way we still do things. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, Catholicism, they kind of like did their own thing. And from there, we also got other 
denominations of Christianity. We got uh, Protestantism, uh, Baptism. They branched out. Yeah, they branched out. Exactly, they branched um, out. So yeah, and um, so which part of Montreal did you grow up? So we, I basically grew up uh, in the plateau area. Mm-hmm. So, and then and then when I was like five years old, we moved to uh, the plateau, Mount Royal and St. Dominic. Now, of mm-hmm. course, today it's a very trendy area. People are buying expensive condos there. Like people love living there. Of course, when I was growing up, that was a very, <laughs> that wasn't a very trendy area. <laughs> it wasn't very trendy at all. <laughs> people. No, no, it was, it was trendy. For immigrants. Yeah, it was trendy for immigrants. Yeah, I'm not sure if they wanted to. I think it was just kind of like where they could afford, you know, to live. So, uh, mm. yeah, it wasn't exactly the best place to live. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't mm. terrible, but it was it was where immigrants kind of like went at the time because it was uh, it was more accessible to them to actually go there. Well, the the homes were very old. They were never they weren't renovated at the time. They were very uh, sort of like run down a little bit. Uh, of course, over time, every you know people started to leave. They started to branch out to different areas. And mm. as we all know, like the last maybe fifteen or so years, it's become a very trendy area. Mm. Okay. And you mentioned earlier that you are ethnically Greek. Yes. Who migrated to Canada first? Uh, well, my, my parents did. My my uh, my mom first came here. She she came here first, uh, nineteen I believe it was nineteen sixty five, and then uh, I think about six or seven months later, my dad came. Were they married then, or no, no? They married they married when they came here, but it was they knew they were going to get married uh, before they came here. What do you mean? Well, they're they're from the same town, right? They're they're they they were from the same village. So mm-hmm. the way it worked back then was you had to basically choose where you wanted to go. So basically the, the, the big choices at the time were, was Canada, the United States, Australia, or Germany. Those were basically the countries that were accepting Greeks at the time. Mm-hmm. So you basically chose where you wanted to go. And, uh, you know, my, my mom and my dad, they sort of kind of said, okay, we will get married together. I mean, they kind of like uh, got engaged in a way, you know, okay. in, uh, in, in Greece. And they said, okay, we're going to move to Canada. They agreed on uh, on that. And uh, then you basically had to do your paperwork. And as soon as you were accepted, you you, you left. Why did they choose Canada? Uh, you know what? There wasn't any particular reason. I think it was just a matter of uh, everybody. It, it depends on like you, you what you find. Like, like from my village, for instance, it's a small town. It's, there's about 1,200 people. Uh, what you find, like I find like a, there's people that move to... United States, there's people that move to Australia, there's people that move to Germany. Mm-hmm. So basically what influenced their decisions was basically where your brother was going. Oh, uh, so they have family here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they did actually. My, uh, yeah, my uncle, my, my dad's brother lives here. Okay. Uh, and at the time, yeah, back then there were a lot more that were here. They, they moved back. Actually, a lot of my aunts and uncles moved back to Greece. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah oh, they did. Okay. Actually, the majority of my family moved back, actually, which is kind of strange, but they did. Hey, they made their money here and then they went back home. Not all of them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some did, some didn't. Okay. Some just decided they they didn't, just didn't like it, you know. Okay. Do you know the reason why they moved here to Canada? Uh, it was economic mostly. It was economic. Uh, like most immigrants? Yes, absolutely. They were economic immigrants. Uh, you know, uh, at the time, things were not very good in Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, you go back... 
even before the 60s, like, for instance, if you go back to the 40s, you had a situation where Greece was under occupation. So you had the Germans that occupied Greece for a number of years. How long? Well, the Italians attacked the Greeks in 1940. Okay. And I think 1941, they invaded with the Germans, they invaded Greece. So they were under invasion, occupation from 1941 till 1944. Okay, so World War II. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So almost World War II, yes, they were occupied. So you you had that hardship. Mm -hmm. But what was even worse was after the Germans left, you had a civil war in Greece. Yeah, that's power vacuum. Exactly. There was a power vacuum. So you had two factions that were kind of fighting. You had the communists and the pro-democracy factions mm -hmm. that were sort of fighting each other to gain control of the country. So that lasted quite a few years. That lasted until about 1949. Mm. And actually, that was more destructive than the German occupation. Wow. Why? That was more destructive uh, because it was, uh, well, because you had Greeks fighting Greeks, first of all, mm -hmm. uh, which left a lot of trauma and left a lot of um, wounds, you know, family. You had, you, you had situations where a brother would fight against brother. Oh, yeah, you're right. In many situations, yeah. You had uh, one family against another family. It was really, really bad. Wow. And it was it was really, really costly to Greece at the time. They really suffered a lot because of that. In fact, even my dad, he lost a brother. Hmm. His brother died in the, during the Civil War. He was killed. Uh, you know, their house got burned. Hmm. Uh, it, was, it was really bad. It was very bad. And your dad never fought in the Civil War? No, my dad was too young. He was, oh. uh, he was, I think, 12 or 13. He was too young. His older brother did, the one who died. He, he fought. Now, his family was kind of left. He was, it was like kind of a, like a communist. Like, they believed in communism. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I mean, today a lot of people would be like, oh, geez, communism, man, that's bad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the time, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Communism was, was actually good. It was, it was kind of like they figured it was a way for them to get out of that poverty mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of like elevate themselves into something more dignified. So it wasn't bad. Communism as, as an idea was actually very good. And people were fighting for that idea. Yeah. That's why it works with a lot of poor countries. It's because of the poor, right? Like they like the idea that everyone's equal. Exactly. Democracy. Yes. It's the best type of government but it, it doesn't really show that it's equal no it's not in communism it's clearly that oh whatever the doctor is doing he's gonna get 10 bread if you're a janitor you will also get 10 bread mm -hmm. exactly so for a poor person you'll be like yeah i will choose this absolutely so i'm assuming that's what your family did Absolutely. That's that. That was the idea at the time. That was, uh, you know, now, I mean, we could, in hindsight, we could look back and say, well, communism doesn't work. We've seen what happened in Russia. We saw what happened in other countries. It's like, as a system, it's really not, not a good system. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I mean, to them, it was, it was, it was a good system. It was a system that could really help them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were fighting for that system. And, you know, that, that, that's why you had that civil war where you had one faction, a very large faction, that was pro-communist and fighting the pro-democracy, let's say. And that really was very destructive and, and that really left a lot of wounds. And what ended up happening, of course, was the pro-democracy group won out, okay? And, and, and the, left, the leftists, right, the, the people that believed in communism, they were stigmatized after that. So for many years after that, they weren't able to get good jobs, People wouldn't hire them. And many of them actually had to leave. They had to leave the country because they couldn't really make it in Greece. Is that what happened to your dad? Uh, to his family, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. They, they felt that they needed to leave.
because there was really not a lot, but it wasn't just that. It was just like the opportunities weren't really there, you know. Yeah. So they, you know, they, a lot of people emigrated. Hmm. This uh, question might sound silly, but did they take a boat or they take a plane? Uh, actually, when they first came here, they, they took a boat. Hmm. How long did the ride last? You know what? Uh, if I remember correctly, I think it lasted about a month, about 30 days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It seems like, oh my goodness, 30 days. Oh, but man. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a long trip. <laughs> wow, man. So when your mom came here, she settled with her family, right? Yeah, when my, when my mom came here, her, her sister was here. Mm-hmm. Her sister was already married. Uh, mm-hmm. Then my, my dad came. Why is it your mom first? Why didn't they come the same time? Oh, it was because uh, after you made your application at the time, they actually would tell you when you were to leave. Yeah, so, but did, did, didn't they apply the same time? I, th- I believe they did, but I think I don't think that really always meant that you would be accepted at the same time. Oh, yeah. So, and they're not married, right? No, they were not married. They were just two, 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 two to the authorities. They were just two different individuals that just wanted to go to Canada amongst thousands of others. So, yeah. So, so when your mom came here, what did she do for a living? Yeah. No, actually, my mom, uh, she uh, she was a seamstress, actually. She uh, learned the trade in Greece hmm. growing up when she was a young girl. She learned it. And when she came here, she actually went to work in a factory, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sewing, making clothes. Because there were many factories in Montreal. I mean, you know, today, obviously, all, the, all of them moved to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back then, there were a lot of factories in Montreal that were making clothes. Yeah, there were quite a few. Okay. And then your dad, what did he do? So my dad, when he came, my dad didn't have a trade. Like he didn't uh, go to school to learn, to really learn anything. So my dad went to work in a restaurant. Mm. So that's what my dad did. He, uh, he worked in a restaurant. In fact, when they first moved to Montreal, my dad was working two jobs. Uh, and my mom still was able to make more money than my dad actually Wow! <laughs> working as a seamstress. Yeah. She was making more money than my dad was working, making two, you know, working two jobs in restaurants. That's wow. That's crazy. Did your family stay close with the Greek community? Uh, you know what? Hmm. Yes and no. My dad, uh, yeah, he stayed, he was a little closer to the Greek community, but if you look at the trend, like where, where the Greeks were going, like when they first moved to Montreal, they kind of moved in the area where all the Greeks were. And then mm. after a few years, all the Greeks were moving to Park X, right? That, that, that was the next big Greek community. My, my parents never moved to Park X. They never went there. My parents went to the plateau. They went to Mount Royal and St. Dominic where there were no Greeks. Mm. Why do you think so? Uh, you know what? I don't think... I don't think they felt that they needed to be around a lot of Greeks. I'm not, you know, I mean, that's a good question though. I mean, I'm not, I'm not quite sure because I know the trend was all the Greeks were kind of like all moving to the same direction. They were all going to the same area, mm-hmm. but I guess my parents just kind of like bucked the trend a little bit and they just went to plateau and we were literally the only Greeks living on that whole area. Like there were no other Greeks there. Yeah. I understand that. Cause I remember when we're about to move here, my mom asked me and my family, obviously, where would we want to live? Do we want to live close to the Filipinos or do we want to live somewhere else? And I clearly remember saying away from Filipinos, <laughs> not because I don't like Filipinos. I love Filipinos. You know, they're my people. But, you know, the drama and, you know, the, the gossip. Yeah. 
maybe your mom and dad were trying to avoid the same issues? I think so. I think uh, I think they just felt like they just didn't want to, you know, they just didn't feel the pressure or the need to be amongst the Greeks. Uh, they still maintained their relationships with the Greeks. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they still maintain, you know, they were very tight with their family, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they just, they wanted to be surrounded by them, you know. Mm. Uh, so, and you know what, I'm, and I'm very happy in a way that they chose to move to Plateau because, you know, I met all sorts of different people, different cultures. You know, my best friend there was Colombian. Mm. Uh, you had a lot of French people around, a lot of Portuguese people in that area. So, you know, you kind of like became friends with all sorts of different cultures. Whereas, you know, if we went to Park X, everybody would be Greek, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm sort of, I'm kind of happy about that. So, you know, I mean, I think that kind of shaped me a little bit growing up, you know? That's cool. Yeah. So you're talking about um, growing up. What can you tell me about growing up Greek and how was it? Uh, growing up Greek. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was... I mean, I, you know, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. I mean, you could look at it when you were growing up. I mean, when you're growing up, right. That's, that's just the normal way that you grew up. Right. You wouldn't feel that it was, it was strange or different or, 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 or anything like that. Now I could look back and sort of compare it to the way other people were, were being raised and say, well, okay, well, yeah, it was a little bit of a challenge for us growing up. You know, my, my parents, you know, they, they, the, the, the thing was for my parents is moving, coming to Montreal was not, not so much intimidating, but, you know, the, you're in a strange land. You don't know the language. You don't know the people. You know, you've heard maybe certain things that maybe, you know, it's not as safe. So, you know, they, all, they were always a little bit overprotective. Mm. you know so we didn't have i felt like me like and my sister we didn't have the freedom that a lot of kids to have today like we weren't really able uh to do a lot of things we weren't able to you know just go to a theater growing up you know with my you know when i was young with my friends it was kind of like it was always like where are you going no you're not going you know it's like <laughs> it was always a challenge you know? no sleepovers no there were none of those i couldn't i couldn't bring anybody <laughs> to sleep over my house i couldn't go to anybody's house uh there was none of that uh you know i mean in a way my parents were always kind of like a little suspicious you know of other people they were kind of like well mm-hmm. gotta be careful you know so I think, you know, we did have those challenges uh, growing up with my sister that, you know, we didn't, we didn't have that freedom. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, another thing is, of course, you know, my dad being in the restaurant business, you know, he was working many hours, long hours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was no, no activities, you know, today, <laughs> today, I mean, you probably know, right? You have two kids, you know, it's like, take them to basketball, take them here, yeah. take them there, do this, do that. There was none of that. When we were growing yeah. up, you know? Yeah, I think that's, uh, for the lack of a better word, is that's the immigrant mentality. Yeah. I, me, I'm as a parent, I will bring money, feed you, clothe you, make sure you're safe, but that's it. I'm not going to spend time with you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, not my job. My job is to do that. You play with your friends. Yeah. 
Well, you know, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of the times they didn't actually even have time to play with us, even if they wanted to. I mean, mm. I know a lot of times my dad would leave like literally 6.30 in the morning and we wouldn't see him till 8.39 at night. Holy shit. Yeah, because I mean, after my dad, after several years, he worked for a lot of different restaurants. Mm. After about four or five years, he opened his own restaurant. Oh my God. So, That's awesome. Yeah, so he had his own restaurant. So, but the, the downside to that was there were long, it was long hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wouldn't. We I wouldn't be seeing my dad all that much, you know. Growing up, you know, I wouldn't see him. How about your mom? My mom. My mom. She worked when she first came to Montreal. She worked for ten years. Uh, after I was born, uh, she worked. I think a couple of more years in a factory. I think she worked about two or three more years in a factory. Okay. And then she decided that she was going to be a a full uh, housewife. Yeah, housewife, stay-at-home mom. So, you know, we had more, you know, obviously we had more interaction with my mom. I was closer with my mom growing up because, of course, she was there. My dad was never there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I, don't bl- I don't blame him. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not uh, angry or anything. I mean, no, he did what he needed to do for his family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad and I'm very thankful for what they did. Yeah. He had to sacrifice. He did, actually. Yeah. He did. And, you know. We have to, for- sometimes we forget that. Do you think they like doing what they're doing? Do you think they don't want to, no. I don't know, sit down and watch TV or whatever? No, dude, they don't have a choice. Exactly. It was tough. It was really tough. And, uh, you know, growing up when I was, you know, from 10 years old onwards, the summers, my dad would take me to the restaurant. So I had to go help him. <laughs> yeah, so my summers were like, you got to come to the restaurant. So he would wake me up six in the morning. Oh, how old were you then? I was, you know, I started around 10 or 11. Oh started taking God. me to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, he felt, I think he felt I was old enough where I needed to to work, you know. Mm, yeah, For sure. What were you doing? Doing dishes or cleaning the table? Uh, yeah, just sort of cleaning, uh, giving drinks, uh, stuff like that. Just not, 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 nothing hard, you know, nothing too, too difficult. But he wanted me there. He wanted, he wanted me to learn uh, work. Mm-hmm. I'm happy he did that because he instilled a lot of, that that me- mentality in me, yeah, you know. But at the same time, I was I was 11 years old. You know, it's like, you know, it's my summer. You know, let me let me enjoy my summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double edged sword, right? It is actually. It is. It's like okay, I'm gonna instill hard work in you, but I'm gonna take away your freedom of summer, or I'm gonna let you play as much as you want, but you're gonna be like freeloader. I don't know. Well. No, you can't be a freeloader. Not not in that family, you know. <laughs> Growing up, there's no, there were no, there was no, there was no <laughs> space for freeloaders. You know, there was <laughs> just couldn't be a freeloader. No, <laughs> that's funny. All right, so let's stay being Greek. Were you proud of growing up ethnically Greek, or were there times that you didn't want to be associated with Greeks at all? Uh, hmm, that's a good question, actually. Um, Thank you. You know, I've always been proud of my heritage. I've always been proud of, you know, where my parents came from, you know, and, 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 and one of the things that kind of helped a lot in that domain is that the fact that we would go to Greece often, like uh, ever since I was maybe my mid, even before my mid-teens, we would go to Greece every cut, every second year. Wow. So that kind of like, kind of introduced me to my culture and I was able to learn a lot. I was able to, of course, meet all my relatives there, my grandparents. Uh, I was able to speak the language very well. I was able to write. I mean, I went to Greek school every Saturday. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that was another thing. Greek school every Saturday. So. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> it wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy, I have to admit. Uh, but uh, no, I was never, you know, I, I always felt proud of my heritage. I always felt proud. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm also a proud Canadian. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love this country. And now, you know, a lot of people ask me, I don't know if that if this would maybe be your next question. Mm. Do you feel like you're more a Canadian or a Greek? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and uh, you know what, that's, that's, that's a tough question. I, I do love this country. I love Canada. I feel like this is my country. This is where I was born. This is where I was raised. This is where I got many of, you know, many of my values are Canadian values. Hmm. But you know what? I, at the end of the day, I am Greek. I mean, my hmm. heritage is is there. That's, you know, when I go to Greece, I feel like this is where I'm from. You know, this is where my parents are from. This is where my lineage is from. So you know, it's kind of like, it's it's kind of strange because, you know, a lot of times what you find with other cultures, like I find like a lot of people when they immigrated to Canada, they cut their ties with the old country. Mm-hmm. And that kind of made it, let's just say a little easier for their kids to kind of like assimilate and not to think of the old country and not to associate it with it. And they could say, well, yeah, yeah, my parents are from whatever country, but I've got nothing to do with that country. Mm. I mean, I'm Canadian. Whereas with with us, especially with, with a lot of Greeks, I find that they always went back. Hmm. They always went back and they always, they brought their kids and the kids kind of like met all the, the rest of their relatives in Greece. And they would always go back and they maintained that tie, hmm. which I think in a way made it harder for them to really, not, not for all of them, obviously, but for many of them, kind of like, kind of like, okay, what am I Canadian or am I Greek? What am I, you know, it's like, hmm. So, you know, but at some point, I think a lot of people will eventually realize what they truly are and they'll be like, well, no, I feel like I'm Canadian, let's say. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I do feel I'm Canadian, mm-hmm. uh, but I know my background, my, 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 you know, my heritage is from Greece. Yeah. So I could feel, I, so in a way I could feel both, I could feel proud of being both. Yeah. You know, so I've learned to be that. Yeah. So, and, and, and just, and just to kind of like go back to that question where you said, I mean, was there a time where you felt like you didn't want to be Greek? Mm. You know, you know, for me, it's more modern Greeks. I find are little, I mean, I love Greece and I love Greeks. Really, I do. They're very lively people. <laughs> but I find sometimes they're, man, man, they're, they're annoying sometimes. <laughs> you know, they're really annoying. They have this huge ego. All these Greeks have this huge ego. And they think I have like a they're friend the, that is Greek. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's that's where I kind of like I'm like ah oh, geez do I really want to be associated with these people man they're, they're like man uh, these guys are really annoying but you know it's who we are right? it's like they're just proud they are proud yes absolutely we're very proud and uh, that's 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 what it is you know that's a beautiful thing but yeah, yeah even when you were growing up even when you were like a teenager in your rebellious phase you never you you always say yeah I'm Greek yeah yeah absolutely yeah. That's awesome, man. What makes you the proudest being ethnically Greek? You mean what, like the, what idea or the concept or what? No, like, uh, let's say, let's say me. Okay. Recently, Disney showed a um, a video, a short film about Filipinos, and it shows that we're so close to our family. Yes. And not just like mom and dad. We're talking about even grandparents. You know. And when I we do this thing for Filipinos, that when we see our elders, we grab their hand and put it on our forehead to show respect, right? Okay, it's called manopo. 
that made me proud that we are very family oriented and we respect our elders. Mm -hmm. How about you? You know, the thing that does make me proud about, about Greek society and my heritage is how much we place in our, on our religion and how important it is in our lives that, uh, you know, it's so important that it was, it's actually written in our constitution that we are Greek Orthodox. Really? You know, whereas, you know, absolutely, yeah. But can you practice other religion? Yes, you can. You have, you have the freedom to practice any religion you want. Okay. But, but, but it's just to show how important it is in our society, how important religion is. And, you know, I find that in a way that's kind of like anchored us throughout the years. Uh, our religion has, and it's ha and in a way, it, even though we might have believed in different po politics, uh, it kind of like brought us together when we most needed it. You know, we had our religion to to help us, and for me, that's that's very important. And I, I like when I go to Greece, and you know, you have like these religious holidays, and people get together and they do they do the dancing and the music, and and it's all based on religion. You know, really, it's all based that's on religion, good. and I think I really I, I really enjoy that. I really like that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. Speaking of dancing and tradition, I remember when you invited me to your wedding, which was very beautiful, and thank you for inviting us. It was our pleasure. Uh, but I was pissed that I stood up the whole time <laughs> at the ceremony, at the church. Why, why did you? Oh, because you had, to, you had to stand. Yeah. Well, how long were you standing? The whole time, dude. It was like an hour and so. Oh, really? You, oh really? I'm pretty sure you know this. Well, you know what? That that time to me, there was like it passed so far, it was like five minutes. You know, it was like <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but I I'm sure you've been to Greeks' wedding. Yeah, and that whole time you're standing up. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Hey, hey, you know, hey, listen. Mm. I had to stand up mm. during the whole time, and imagine <laughs> the pressure I was in. I had to stand. <laughs> hey, listen. That's your thing. You're dragging me to this your bullshit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I was like I remember I was standing up beside my wife and I said I was looking at her and she's looking at me and I say when are we gonna sit down <laughs> I was like I don't think we're gonna sit down dude because we're we've been standing for 30 minutes now I don't think we're gonna sit down because me I'm I'm Catholic well I was raised Catholic right mm -hmm. yeah. and we do a lot of standing up the sitting yeah. down and the kneeling down mm -hmm. you know we, there's a mixture yeah. But not with you, dude. We were standing the whole time. <laughs> Why is that? You know, I, I never noticed that, actually. It was actually the entire time. I never noticed that. I, uh, I'm i trying to think back on other weddings. And, uh, yeah, the majority was actually uh, standing up. Uh, but, I mean, I think in every in every Christian religion, there's a lot of standing. And, and like you said, a lot of standing, sitting, kneeling. And the same thing with Greek Orthodox religion. Uh, you know, you have to stand up during certain passages. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just, it's just a matter of respect, I guess. Uh, of course. I mean, yeah. but so wedding is standing up the whole time. I, you know, what? I, I wouldn't be able to answer that. I'm not sure. Or do you think the priest <laughs> forgot? Like, oh, guys, can you, you can sit down now. He, he probably forgot. <laughs> Bastard, dude. Yeah, he was just, he was just carried, he just got carried away, forgot. Because <laughs> I was looking at the, well, what I was doing was I was looking at like old people. Okay. Me thinking, okay, this guy's Greek, and obviously he knows what is going to happen. Yeah. And the person stood up the whole time, too. And I don't want to sit down, to You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be disrespectful. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best thing. Just, just, yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> that's funny, man. Um, I want to ask you being Greek and close to family and obviously Filipino, we're close to family too. Why do you think most immigrants don't send their parents or grandparents to nursing homes? Instead, they let them live with their own family. Mm, yeah, that's actually uh, that's actually the situation. Well, I, I, I could t- I could tell for the Greeks, mm. uh, for our culture, uh, we we don't send our our parents to nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been the tradition. Well, I mean, you go to Greece now, there's not that many nursing homes even to this day. Mm. So, and what you find in the uh, villages now is that, uh, actually this has been going on for many years, is that you hire somebody, a, a woman, let's say, that would come in and take care of your aging parents. Mm-hmm. So she would, they would do the cooking, they would do the cleaning because they, wouldn't, they, would, they would never leave their house. So like <laughs> somebody who's old, Mm-hmm. They they won't leave their house like they they're not gonna you can't drag them to a nursing home, yeah. So a lot of it is just you know it's just cultural, uh, and you know what? Unfortunately, a lot of it is just a matter of what other people will think. So, you know, if you were to send let's say your mom to a, an old age home, mm-hmm. you would be sort of like, uh, you would be kind of like being you you'd be like a bad. A bad, a bad child, you know, you'd be like a bad yeah. son, you know, it's like, geez, you know, you send your dad or your mom to an old age home, what, what yeah. kind of son are you, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, but really, I mean, to this day, that's that's really the, the case. Yeah, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing that you don't send your parents to nursing home. Well, I mean, everybody has different opinions on that. Uh, I, I think it's a good thing, too. I think, yeah, you know, I, I, would, I would rather have them living here. Mm-hmm. than sent to a nursing home. But, yeah. you know, I mean, everybody has a, his own opinion on that. Some oh, people, no, of course. Yeah, some people, they can't. I mean, look, I mean, if you have a, a young family, mm-hmm. it's not easy, right? I mean, it's already hard raising kids. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine having, having a, you know, your, your, your aging parents. It's, it's really difficult. Yeah, I see that. But speaking of young children and old parents, I know a lot of people, Filipino people, you know what they do? They will bring their parents here and they will make them take care of their kids. I'm not a big fan of that. For me, that's like taking advantage of someone. Well, in, in, in a way, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like a give and take type of thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I'll take care of you, but you got to take care of my kids. Yeah, but that's your parents, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that, dude. Yeah. So if, if the parents refuse to take care of the kids, you, you, you'll basically not take, not take in your parents. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's, that's just my thing. Oh, I don't know if Greeks do this, but... Do you guys stay in your family's house till you got married or do you guys move out? Uh, well, if you look at it traditionally, you stay in, in your parents' house. Mm. So basically that is the tradition uh, until you get married. You know, you, you live with your parents. Mm-hmm. Now that has changed. Uh, not so much in the small towns. Uh, in the cities, you find that it's changing a little bit. You find that people are starting to become a little more independent you know, they want their own place, uh, you know, they have their job. Mm-hmm. So it's changing. It's changing. Uh, mm-hmm. Not so much in the villages, though. In the towns, it's still, I, I know, I personally know a couple of relatives where they're literally in their 50s and they're still living with their parents. So <laughs> Are they married, though? No, they're not married. No. Okay. So they're like single. Yeah. So they're uh, basically now, they're basically taking care of their parents now. Mm. So it's kind of like they can't leave anyway now. 
Mm. Do you find that as a weakness as a man? I do, actually. Mm. I do. I feel that uh, even though I stayed with my parents, actually, mm-hmm. until I got, I, got, I got married. Okay. Uh, I, but I, I, I feel that that was actually a mistake on my part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that, you know, you do need to move out at a certain point. I think it builds character, uh, responsibility. You know, there's a lot of good that comes out of being independent and living on your own. You know, whereas when you're, you know, let's let's face it, right? I mean, Greek Greek parents, right? They coddle their their kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't it? They spoil their kids. So, what do you think? I, I mean, even if you're in your forties, your parents still see you as a kid. Yeah, you're st- you're still their child, right? So, what do you, you know? So they're still going to spoil you in their forties. <laughs> it's like it's never going to change. So yeah. I don't see much good out of that. <laughs> yeah, and, and obviously you, you don't want to work. You know, you want your food cooked, your clothes washed and ironed and everything. You know, you have the tendency to be comfortable. You don't want to move. No, of course not. I see oh, your you point. don't want to yeah. move at all. Yeah, and, and you know what? And if you do finally decide, oh, yeah, maybe I'll get married now. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, what you really want is somebody to to be like your mom, right? Yeah. You, you want your, your wife to basically take care of you like your mom. <laughs> Like wash your, your clothes, cook your food, clean the house. Yes. Right? I mean, that's what it is. That's funny. Yeah, you're so right. Uh, let's pivot a little bit. You mentioned this earlier that your dad worked in a restaurant and then he eventually opened a restaurant, right? Yes. Can you tell us how did your dad open a restaurant? Sure. Uh, my dad, when he first moved to uh, Montreal... He started working for others. He started working at restaurants, different restaurants around the, around the city. Mm-hmm. But what he was basically doing was trying to save as much money as he could so he could open his own. Mm-hmm. So basically his idea right away coming here was that he was going to open his own restaurant. Oh, he started the inception in Greece. Yeah, absolutely. Because my, Yeah, exactly. Because my dad, before he even moved here, he had a cafe in Greece. He owned it with somebody else. Okay. So he was always, and then with his brother, he did a import-export type of business. Is this legal import-export? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I'm not 100 sure, but I, I think I think it was legal. <laughs> I'd like to imagine it was legal. So, yeah. So my dad always had that uh, entrepreneurial, uh, you know, mindset. Mm. So when he came here, he knew that he wanted to open his own restaurant. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it took him several years to save the money. Mm. Uh, so what ended up happening was after about five years, he saved enough with my mom uh, to open a restaurant. So he basically bought a restaurant from somebody who was already operating and he bought it because the guy wanted to sell. Yeah, he took over the restaurant and that's how he started. Wait, five years? That's pretty impressive, man. Like from zero to owning a restaurant. Yeah, you know, it's uh, this is the thing, you know, it's like, you know, up until this day, like I'm, I'm, I'm always impressed, you know, and, and this isn't just my parents. This is like a lot of the old timers. I'm just so impressed at how, at, at their ability to be able to save money. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's something that we just can't do anymore. Like our generation is so hard, Yeah. but they're just, it's just like inside them. They just, they just have this innate ability to save money. They just know what they have to do to put money aside and, you know, they have a goal and, and they're going to achieve that goal. You know, we kind of like get lost along the way, you know, because we have so many interests, so many different things, so many different little roadblocks. It's so hard for us, but they're, they're just able. And, yeah, just you know, it's, yeah, well, we had freedom for us to spend money, but with them, it's the fear of being hungry again because they grew up poor, I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, they did. Yeah. Right. And most of immigrants grew up poor and they don't want that to happen again for themselves and for their kids. So with that fear, they don't want to spend a cent at all. Well, that's it. Exactly. I mean, that's, 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 that was our upbringing. Their upbringing was, was pretty tough, <laughs> you know, compared to ours, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, look, we had our, our own little issues, uh, but nothing compared to what they had to deal with. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. So obviously they understood the meaning of, of saving and they understood that, you know, in life, nothing's, and you know, and that's one of the things my dad always used to tell me, he was like, you know what, you have it good, you know, everything's great. You know, but he goes, you know what? Don't think this will always be the case in the future. And not, and, and that is so immigrant mentality, right? There. You know, you know what? It is, but it's true. It's true. It really is. And you know, he didn't mean it as in, you know, you're going to uh, you know, you might gamble your money away or something like that. To him, it was like in like what you see around you might not be, you know, it's a fine line between everything's great to the world burning, you know. And look at like, and you know, you just look at what happened. Look, look what happened in the last like nine months with COVID, and 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 you know, you, a year ago, you know, everything was great, right? You would never imagine something like this would happen. Look at the, the last nine months, what we had to go through, and you know, people losing their homes, losing their businesses, yeah, you know, so much uncertainty. You know, this could happen in life. So you know, I always look back and think what my dad used to tell me, and like unpredictability of life like don't think it's just going to be smooth sailing until you die you know so you got to be careful you know your old man he knows a little bit of things eh? yeah most most old men know a lot of they know a lot of stuff you know we should listen to them more often (laughs) (laughs) exactly um why why do you think greeks are famous for diners or restaurants oh well they're well we're, we're more famous for our food our food is what makes us famous so, you know, our cuisine is, uh, well, I mean, look, let's be honest, right? The Greek cuisine is the best in the world. All right. Take it easy. Well, I'm telling you, it is. <laughs> it, it's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, people just love our cuisine and it's it's great. And, you know, we're just famous for that. And since Greek cuisine is world famous, it's easier for a Greek restaurant to succeed compared to other cuisines. Oh, because of the uh, the food, you mean? Because the food is so good. Exactly. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure if I really agree with that. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the quality of the food that you put out. So, I mean, you know, just opening a Greek cuisine doesn't guarantee that you're going to be successful. Mm, of course. Because, you know, you also need to be a pretty good cook, right? <laughs> I mean, if your cooking is bad, I mean... I don't care what kind of, you know, how much Greek cuisine is coming out of there. If it's not good, I mean, people aren't going to eat it. So, (laughs) yeah. So I think, I think, you know, the way I see it is that if you look at all the different cultures, so you look at at what you find is a lot of different cultures and different societies, they sort of gravitate towards a certain field, Mm -hmm. you know, so like Greeks, we went, a lot of Greeks went into the restaurant business. So you look at Italians, a lot of them are doing construction. So they kind of like one leads the other. So back then in the 60s with the Greeks, they just kind of gravitated toward more towards the restaurants. Mm, okay. So that's why a lot of Greeks are restaurant owners, because it was just kind of like one after another. They were just kind of like being influenced by each other and saying, OK, well, let's open a restaurant. Let's come work in a restaurant now, open your own restaurant. Yeah. So I was going to say I was going to say the same thing cuz I don't know if you noticed recently I've been noticing that there's a lot of Indians or Sri Lankan truck drivers. Yes, absolutely. A lot of Indian truck drivers. Yes. Yeah, you know, so yeah. obviously it's like 
one person did it and told one guy, say, hey, do this. Yeah. Same with Filipinos. Most Filipinos are nurses or cleaning ladies. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. So one leads to the other. So you have a lot of cultures that come here and they're, they're basically doing the same thing mm-hmm. because exactly that. It's just one person kind of leads the other person into it. And, uh, you know, they're all kind of like gravitating towards that same, that same thing. So oh, yeah, yeah, you find that a lot. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's stay with your restaurant. This is fascinating. You told me this a few years ago, I think. You told me that you're having business issues because of customers wanting healthier food. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I, I, my restaurant is a fast fast food restaurant. Mm. So I deal with uh, hamburgers, hot dogs, fries, poutine. Mm-hmm. So this has been uh, traditional cuisine here in Quebec. People grew up with this this type of food. And, you know, people love this food. But I find that the trend you know, the last 15, 20 years, people are sort of gravitating more towards something a little healthier. Mm-hmm. So even though I do find that people still love this food a lot, they don't eat it as often as they did. And mm-hmm. some people even avoid it altogether. You know, I think we do need to kind of like introduce something like healthier alternatives. And you even see it in other businesses. You even see it with, with McDonald's where mm-hmm. they're, they've got salads now, they've got like the wraps and they've got... You know, because they want to, you know, I'm not I'm saying maybe, maybe they're not as healthy, healthy as we think, but it, mm. it's got the, you, you, you sort of like portray it as you being healthy. Illusion. Yeah. You portray it as being healthy, you know? So, yeah. And people go for that now. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing now where, uh, you know, we do need to sort of like adapt a little bit to, to the trends of the time. Yeah. And I don't know if you don't mind talking about this, but. As you mentioned before, with COVID, how's your restaurant doing? Oh, well, we're uh, we're actually uh, down about eighty percent. Yeah, so we're actually in a build. We're actually in an office tower. Mm-hmm. So that that business that's there, which takes up the majority of the floors, there's about thirty floors on my in my in, my, in that office tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're basically operating from the house. So about ninety percent of those employees actually work from home. So it's basically almost devastated my business at, at this point. Oh, shit. Now, we do have a lot of clientele, not just from that. We do have a lot of clientele from uh, outside that do come in. They know us from because we've been around for many years. So they, they do come. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're down about 80%. So wow. it's difficult. It's difficult. Not just for us, for, for, many, for many businesses. It's extremely difficult. And we're just trying to keep our heads above water right now. <clears throat> and... Uh, yeah. You know, hopefully this will pass soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Now, will it ever get back to the way it was? Will it ever get back to normal? Who knows? Okay. All right. We're getting too dark here. Let's uh, lighten up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And you mentioned that you you go to Greece like every two years when you were growing up? Yes, I did actually. And you still do, right? I still go pretty often. Uh, Actually, my my parent... Well, actually, hold on. Uh, Just to mention that my sister... She got married in Greece oh. about 26, 27 years ago. She mm-hmm. decided, well, she met, she met somebody there and she got married in Greece. So, and my parents obviously used to go every year to Greece to, to visit her. And in mm-hmm. fact, the last eight, about eight years ago, they actually moved back. My parents actually moved mm-hmm. back to Greece. 
So I do go back to visit them. It's always been a part of me. I mean, it's not something, you know, that's just like, uh, it's, it's, it's always been there. It's been. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so with that, do you see yourself retiring in Greece? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's possible. That is, that is a possibility, mm. actually. Uh, I wouldn't actually mind retiring there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a really nice place. It's a really nice place. I mean, uh, for me, I've always said that Greece is actually a good place to retire. It's not a great place to work. Mm. Like if you had to actually go and work there to make a living, uh, it's not exactly the best place. Uh, but if you wanted to retire there, if you were set and mm. you wanted to retire, it's actually a great place. Mm, I'm sure it is. I'd love to ask you more questions, but unfortunately we're running out of time. But I want to ask you this one last question. You seem to learn a lot from your dad, who's an immigrant. So I'd like to ask you this. Is there any advice that you can impart to an aspiring immigrant? Well, you know, I would, I would say to them, you know, have an open mind. This might be a very different society from where you came from, but the opportunities are there. Uh, if you stick with it, you know, if you apply yourself, if you open your mind, uh, you know, the opportunities are there. And it's for them to actually seize those opportunities. And, you know, seeing, you know, my parents, I mean, they're a great example of what can be achieved because, you know, my parents came here and, you know, they didn't know the language. They had no money. Uh, they had very little skills. And yet they were able to actually be successful. So they're a perfect example uh, for anybody that wants to come to this country and say, well, you know what? You have the opportunities. It's just for you to actually seize those opportunities. So that would be my, my number one advice to them. Just stick with it and you can do pretty well. Mm, thank you. Thank you for the message. Is there anything would you like to add before we close out? Well, I think for me, it's just looking back and just kind of like growing up and you know, thinking how close we were as a family. And uh, I think, you know, I think, you know, even though we might have, we might have had, you know, we might have not agreed at the time, like I might have not agreed when I was growing up. I find that overall, it was actually, there was more good than bad. So, you know, we, uh, you know, we ate together as a family, you know, Sunday, Sunday, we had to eat, you know, there was no way, I, you know, I would be able to skip, <laughs> skip out of eating lunch, you know, it's like we all, ate, we ate all together and, you know, we did things together as a family. And I think that was, uh, that was important growing up. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that makes you the person, you know, it, it actually instills certain principles in you. And I think that's important. And I think a lot of the immigrants coming here, they, they, they come with those principles. And I think that's what makes our society great that you know we're able to get all these people coming from different societies and they bring a lot of those really good you know cultural ideas with them and mm -hmm. uh you know and it's important and it's important for our kids you know to to learn them and uh, learn where they came from right because you know that's who we are and that's who your parents were and you know, it's, you can't just forget it. You know, you can't just say, well, you know, I mean, it's kind of like the American dream, right? Where you go to America and you, you forget where you came from, right? It's a melting pot in, in America, right? You go there and you're like, you're an American now. You're not a, yeah. you're not a Greek. You're not a Filipino. You're an American. Well, <laughs> here it's like, you're not just a Canadian, right? You're also a Filipino. You're also a Greek. 
Yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. You don't forget your culture, and that's important. That's beautiful. Beautiful word from beautiful man. Thank you again for doing the podcast, my man. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was really, uh, it was really fun. And if you ever need me to come again, I'll be more than happy. All right, my man. I'll, I'll remember that. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Again, thank you. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Again, Tom, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.